I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. On KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. In my hands, I'm holding a uh, report, a vision for teacher excellent. Excellence, rather. And it on the cover page, it says the right teacher compensation can help us recruit our best and brightest into the profession, retain great teachers in the classroom, re-engage great teachers who left the classroom, elevate the teaching profession, and improve student outcomes. I need to do just a little disclaimer. I participated in this and was honored to do so. And boy, I was rubbing shoulders with some amazing people who really put uh, just a bevy of expertise into this discussion. What is it really going to do to accomplish all of those things that I just rattled off in the vision for teacher excellence. And I'm so pleased to have Envision Utah with us today. And the president and COO of Envision Utah is here with me, Ari Bruning. We talked over the weekend on TV, and this was still to be presented. And kind of until it's presented to the governor and others, you know, we didn't go into a lot of details, but today we can. And thank you for joining us. And my first question off the air was, you've had the chance. I wasn't there because I was doing this radio program. But you uh, were before editorial boards, including ours in this building. You have met with the governor. You have been talking to people who uh, can really make a big difference with this information. What has the reception been? It's been very positive reception. Um, I think people see the issue we have with recruiting and retaining teachers, and they understand that something needs to be done, and that teachers, other than the family, teachers have the biggest impact on our educational outcomes. The conversations that we had over what was supposed to originally be, what, four or five meetings, and I think it ended up being more like six or, or seven meetings, but each and every one I walked away truly enriched. And I thought it was interesting, uh, and I'm reading from one of the first pages, in the current market, how do we need to compensate teachers to attract our best and brightest into the profession, keep our best teachers in the classroom so our students can get the education that they need and deserve. That's the bottom line. It's all about, you know, being appreciative of our teachers because they, outside of parents, they have the most influence on our kids and our future. Yeah, this is all about uh, student outcomes and the future of our, our children. And that's that's the way place this conversation started, and it's the place the conversation ended. Right. Um, and all the research shows that teachers are the key. We talked about this on TV on Sunday morning, but we basically have a serious shortfall right now that we we have 1,500 teachers leave. We need 3,000 teachers, and when we only have 1,500 coming in, we have a shortfall there. And But you don't make up that shortfall. You have all kinds of problems. Yeah, we have about 3,000 teachers uh, leave every year. Um, and we're graduating about 1,500 new teachers out of our teacher training programs. Now, that doesn't mean all our classrooms are empty. Um, we're finding teachers other ways and so on and dealing with it through increased class sizes and things. But uh, uh, 
principals and superintendents tell us they want to hire the teachers out of those teacher training programs that on average they're better teachers and we need to figure out first of all how to how to reduce that 3,000 number so we don't have to replace as many teachers every right. year, keep more in the classroom, and then increase the number who are going in. It really was interesting in our various conversations because there are certain ways you can look at it. You know, what do we tackle first? Do we tackle retaining the teachers? Do we re- tackle, you know, getting new teachers to come in the system? And it's all of the above, but somewhere you've got to start with your highest priority. And as this moved forward, what does seem to be the highest priority? Well, it became pretty clear that uh, compensation is the number one thing that will move the needle. I mean, we surveyed college students, and that's a lot of them said, I thought about teaching. Almost half said that. Um, And most of them said the reason they didn't go into teaching was the compensation. Um, We also surveyed former teachers and asked them what it would take to bring them back. And the number one answer, again, was higher compensation. So uh, it's pretty clear that 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 is the number one thing that will move the needle. You know, and somewhere along the line, too, we can have high expectations of people to be altruistic and uh, generous with their time and so on. But there is a bottom line factor that you've got to be able to feed your family. You've got to be able to pay a mortgage. You've got to be able to provide transportation. Somewhere along the line, and I don't know why we slip in this arena, but particularly with teachers, but it can be extended, too, into firefighters, first responders, police officers, and others others but somewhere along the line these folks ought to be able to make a decent living without working 14 jobs yeah and and we i think our expectation has been that we expect uh, teachers to sacrifice um we they love our children and they do it out of love um but unfortunately there just aren't enough people who are able to do that um, and we need, we need more in the profession, and they, they need to be able to make a living wage in order for it to be a compelling profession. Yeah. I thought it was interesting, too, because benefits, and because we had such a wide range, uh, array of people there who work at very, very high levels of business, that we, we talked about how not only compensation is a huge issue, but some of those old uh, retirement plans are just a thing of the past industry in general if we want to look at our teachers and their compensation and kind of treat them like hey they're in a real profession trying to make a real living here we looked around and boy the the benefits package and especially the retirement package we we spent some considerable time talking about that yeah there there are a lot of details there but the the bottom line is the 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 pension that teachers receive is it's a great benefit um but it's not attracting people into the profession. You know, you talk to, to college students, and basically not a one of them is choosing their major based on what the benefit package looks like. Yeah. Um, and so wh- one way to make it doable in order to increase salaries substantially for teachers is to shift the way we're compensating them. So r- rather than doing it through retirement benefits, do more of it through salary so that they then can decide how much to put into retirement, which is how most of the business world is doing it these days. Well, that came through loud and clear, didn't it? It's not the gold watch factor that, you know, after 40 or 50 years or whatever, you get the gold watch and you go on your pension. That You're absolutely right. And I see it in my own family. And, and I heard it throughout the discussions that we had when these graduates or even before. And, and we'll talk about that when we take a brief break and come back because we'll get into some of the strategies and where this uh, these recommendations, where this study is likely to go. But, you know, and it, it's hard not to say this with us, uh, these kids today. But I was kind of the same way when KSL hired me, when they started talking about the the long term and the retirement package and it was the least of my concerns at that point and in the world today when a lot of those old plans don't even exist anymore 
it's very interesting to talk about. When we come back, can we go through the strategies and where we're likely to see this uh, going? And if I don't ask this question, my colleagues will have the tar buckets boiling for both of us at the door. How are we going to pay for this? Can we get into that coming up? Absolutely. All right. All right, Brenning is here with us from Envision Utah. Let's take a brief break. We've got more coming up on Inside Sources here at KSL News Radio. Stay with us. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources on KSL News Radio. All right, Brenning is joining us from Envision Utah. He's the president and COO, and we're talking about a, a new study that has come out of Vision for Teacher Excellence. And we've been talking about some of the reason for the study, some of the things that we are dealing with, some of the shortages that we have. And a lot of it boils down to the compensation, obviously. And that was the purpose of this, to really talk about what teachers, if we're talking real business, real world, real expenses, what should a teacher make and it ended up being laid out in strategies can you kind of give us a thumbnail sketch of that what are the strategies that are recommended well as you said compensation is number one so the the first recommendation is that teachers ought to start somewhere on average around sixty thousand dollars which puts them competitive with other professions with a bachelor's degree and then they should increase in compensation through their career until they they cap out at around one hundred ten thousand by the time they retire right that's a pretty substantial increase yeah. Um, and then in addition to that, the recommendations were to I- improve the teacher mentoring and induction for new teachers. We see a lot of turnover in those first few years, right. um, as well as uh, allowing teachers to work more days in, in return for more compensation so they can prepare for the classroom. They can do professional development and so on. And then also to provide some more scholarships in order to attract uh, people into the profession, especially those who are underrepresented in the profession today. You know, I really like that recommendation uh, of really planting the seed early, you know, and giving, you know, quite a ways upstream some real, uh, maybe not even incentive, but encouragement for somebody who does that, have that spark, does want to get into this most noble profession to say, okay, we'll, we'll help you here up front. And is it a little bit like some of the other uh, things that uh, where you accept a certain scholarship and there are a few strings attached to it, like you actually really do have to show up in a classroom? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's meant to be flexible in that way. We can tie strings to it. We can focus it on, uh, like I mentioned, underrepresented groups so that students have teachers who look like them. Um, could be targeted to those who want to teach in 
maybe rural areas of the state where they have a hard time attracting teachers. So right. There are a lot of things you can do with scholarships. Boy, no kidding. And, and for so many people, a scholarship can make all the difference. And I think especially out in our rural areas, and I really appreciated that rural came up uh, quite often. I mean, we had superintendents of school districts. We had, you know, people that are over the, the big organization of, uh, of uh, t- teaching organizations, unions and everything else. I don't want to rattle through everybody that was there. But boy, we, we really did look into a lot areas of areas in the state. And I kind of have a foot in both worlds. You know, I think of our little Tindic school district. Unfortunately, people were very kind and brought that up occasionally. And Paiute and other areas, there's nothing exclusive to Tindic. But boy, the rural areas have some unique challenges. And when you look at even some of the compensation numbers that we've talked about for a small rural district, that could be a, a bitter pill to swallow. It, yeah, we've seen several districts significantly increase compensation recently, right? Um, which is a, a great thing for teachers. Um, but what we're talking about here is not just a few districts who have higher compensation and can attract the best teachers. We're talking about elevating the entire profession in the state right. um, to attract more people into the profession and retain them. Um, and there are some districts who don't have that ability to raise taxes or or generate that kind of revenue to pay teachers that much so we need right. to we need to think through how to how to make that possible for them it was interesting too uh, back to the retirement plans and so on and it was uh, several years ago that uh, senator lillianquist uh, I, I got that right, didn't I? Right. Yeah. Okay. I just wanted to make sure. But he really dug into the state retirement program. And as a matter of fact, he travels all around the country now, helping others do somewhat similar things. And, you know, there's always weeping and wailing on stuff like that. But at some point, you've got to be able to keep things solvent. So as we move forward, you know, we talked about tier one, we talked about tier two, there was even conversation about tier three. Where did we kind of light on the retirement benefits for teachers? Will will they be able to opt in, opt out? Um, well, where we ended up was the new teachers ought to be in essentially a tier three, where it's more of a 401k, more similar to the business world so that we're competing with better with other professions. You get more cash, more more flexibility. Um, existing teachers who are in, who have their current pension benefits, nobody wanted to uh, renege on our promises that we've made right. to those teachers. We ought, we ought to meet those promises. Um, there was some desire to give them an option maybe to take more cash and freeze their pension benefits. Apparently there are some legal questions about that, but I think the ideal solution would be to give them the option. I really appreciated the fact that everything was on the table. And boy, let me tell you, about everything I could think of was discussed and from different angles as well. And as I mentioned, one of the, when people heard that I was going to have you here on the air today, I've had several of my colleagues come up with suggested questions and say, hey, you are going to ask him this. And as I mentioned, the most popular question out in our KSL combined newsroom, Deseret News, KSL TV and KSL Radio is we love this, but how are we going to pay for it? And and as we we looked at how much this might cost um, and because of the shift in the retirement system, it makes it a much more easier pill to swallow. So we're looking at probably somewhere from 500 million to 600 million dollars a year. Um, And that's that's still a big number. And we, we did not look at. How exactly should we pay for this? But 
Um, there are lots of options that could be on the table. It Everything is, from the state to the local districts. Right. It, it is interesting because some of the things we've, we've heard about recently, whether it's a proposition or a proposal or what ends up on the ballot, the last time it ended up on the ballot, it was a little confusing because it was tied into the gas tax and different things uh, like that. But often, when I've talked to Nolan Karras and others, uh, often they're talking about a number that is not dissimilar from what you're talking about, that if we did this... We'd be generating, and the number that always pops into my head that I seem to remember is around $460 million. Yeah, this seems to be in the range of what a lot of people have talked about. Right. And, and as we've surveyed Utahns, it seems that they're, they believe that uh, some increase in funding, particularly for teachers, is needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and often their concern with different proposals is... They have the question, is this going to make it to teachers? Right, right. That was the big question with the last proposition. Are, now, first of all, it's confusing how and where this is going to go, where the money's going to come from, the tax increase on the, the rack price of this or the tax on gas. And all of a sudden they're going, okay, is this really going to get to our teachers? Is it really going to make a difference with our kids and right in the classroom? And that's a, that's a question that comes up over and over. You mentioned to me uh, that the the governor was quite receptive. What what is hoped for now with this study from Envision Utah? Well, we we hope that those who have the power to make policy will take this and and recognize that this is this is a, a goal that we ought to get to if we want to attract and retain our best and brightest, and think through different ways for how we can get there. And there are lots of different routes to get there, and I, I think it's doable. I think yeah. it's completely doable. It was interesting in, in one of the meetings that we had, uh, we, we had several teachers talking about how, uh, especially with kind of the, the price war we've had, the, the payroll war we've had here along the Wasatch Front. And some of the schools now are up close to uh, an, uh, the number that we've been talking about. And again, the problem for our rural schools, when somebody is teaching out in Daggett County or they're teaching down in Paiute, and maybe making some sacrifice being away from family and so on to be out there when they realize how much more money they can make closer to home along the Wasatch Front with some of these higher salaries, it, it creates a real challenge. And that's going to be a, an interesting uh, part of dealing with this is the, the feeling of equity out there. And that was discussed a lot. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we heard stories from people who've right. watched their friends move to the Wasatch Front to teach. Right. Um, and another thing I'll say about these districts that have raised salaries is most of the increases have been on the front end. And when you look at this ending number of 110,000, that's, that's substantially higher than most districts are offering. Right. Um, and right now, teachers, their pay increases per year, are mu- it's a much flatter profession than most other professions. Right. But to have that increase and to have that go up to the point where some f- where in, in the not too far distant future, a reasonable future, you could be making 110. A lot of these increases we've seen, as you've mentioned, they, they don't deal with that far end. Right. Okay. All right. This has been most uh, interesting. It was uh, great to be a part of that and to hear some of the conversations that uh, have gone on. I wish you well with this. I'll be interested to see, you know, how the governor ultimately reacts to it and how the legislature decides to maybe take a bite down on this. Thanks, Doug. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much with Envision Utah, the president and COO, Ari uh, Bruning, with us here at KSL News Radio.